0: as the General Overseer of Great Commission Church International, may you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God.
1: Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this second day of the retreat. our hearts come hungry to hear you. To improve the quality of the disciples we are making. Speak to us. Father, speak to us. Father, teach us. In Jesus' name amen. Once again, you are all welcome to this all-important quality control retreat. And I mentioned yesterday that we are attacking two questions. The first is what kind of disciples are we producing? The second is the agency with which we are producing the disciples. Can we ever finish this work? So yesterday we looked at the quality of our disciples. The quality of disciples our churches are producing. Immediately you meet somebody and say, What church do you go to and see the person's character, you already know that that's how people from this church behave. Because Jesus said it clearly no mango tree produces bananas. You can never produce a disciple who is not like you. And Jesus he, he did not mean words. He says some people they are wolves in sheep clothing. You see them, you say, Hey, this guy is a powerful Christian. Look around at the fruits he has. After five years, ten years of being a Christian, who are the people you can show to the world that this is my product? That's it. Even Judas Iscariot. Even Judas Iscariot. Matthew 27 verse 3 says, he brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the high priest and said, I have betrayed innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? What is that to us? See to it yourself. Even Judas knew Jesus was a righteous man. No matter how bad your disciples are, they must know that you are not like that. That is it. That's the truth. Today, we want to go one step forward and look at the strategies we are using to produce disciples. The machines we are using. The wisdom we are using. Thank you for sharing uh, on the Colossians. The verse I also shared with my wife is the same. Colossians 2, 3. It says that in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Let's read it together. Go in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The wisdom, the knowledge of this universe is not hidden in the universities. It's not Cambridge. It is not Oxford. It is not Yale University or Legon. k that houses wisdom and knowledge sometimes christians tend to be silly and all wisdom all knowledge is hidden in christ and it is not just put in christ is hidden in him if you are not interested you are not a searcher you are not hungry and thirsty you will be a christian but you will lack wisdom some people are full of the Holy Spirit, but stupid. So you see that in the requirement in Acts chapter 6, when they were looking for people to serve tables, Acts 6, verse 2 and 3, the apostles called all the disciples and said, it's not correct for us to leave the word of God and serve tables. Look among yourselves.
0: And six verses two and three. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, full of the spirit and Of wisdom. Whom we will appoint. When when, when you are
1: Spirit as a young Christian. You are full of the spirit. But you have little wisdom. You have little Christian wisdom. Because the wisdom. As a Christian. You grow in it. So Luke 2.52 says. Jesus. Increased in wisdom. You grow in that wisdom. So the fact that you are speaking in postgraduate tongues doesn't mean you have postgraduate wisdom in Christianity. You grow in it. And so, many of us, myself included, get the funny idea that some of the methods Jesus used, they are colour, old-fashioned. And moreover, you know, because Jesus didn't have any computer, he wasn't using mobile phones, and, you know, he he was not good at the keyboard, and he didn't have electricity, you see. And, and, and uh, you know, technology, these days, engineering, you know. So because of that, we feel that, okay, his blood bought us and gave us salvation. But we have to teach him certain things. A lot of youth are like that. Because your mommy and daddy cannot even use their mobile phone. So when they call you, Kwame, come and set the mobile phone for me. I want to call so, so and so. Then you go, you do it and say, daddy pa. Small boys are young. Even, even this thing on the phone. He doesn't even know how to save on the phone. Ah, daddy pa. He can't take notes on the phone. So, it makes you feel that you must teach daddy. (laughs) Wisdom is not bought. You can't buy wisdom in Makola market. Wisdom. Wisdom is not bought. You grow in the wisdom of God. So, experiences mistakes in your life And the teaching of the Spirit imparts wisdom. So, we need to look at how Jesus made disciples. In order to think straight, because all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. Therefore, the way He made disciples is critical. I want to put on the table three areas for us to discuss. Number one, not every disciple is disciple material. Not every disciple is disciple material. We see this clearly in the life of Jesus. In Luke chapter 9, let's start from 57.
0: As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Master! Jesus! I will follow you wherever you go! And Jesus said to him, "Foxes these holes." And birds of the air have nests. But the son of man has nowhere To lay his head. That was the last we heard of that guy.
1: He didn't have. That self-denial. To follow. Yes. To another he said. Follow me. You see the first man said. I will follow you this one Jesus said follow me
0: follow me but he said Lord let me first go and bury my father you know Jesus said
1: follow me he said Lord let me first you are Lord but I have some things to do first
0: yes yes Let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of
1: God. It doesn't make sense. My father is dead. I am going to bury him. And you are... Some people are not disciple material.
0: You can't use them.
1: Yes. 61-62.
0: Verse 61-62 now. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. You know, you compare this to matthew 9 9. compare it and jesus passed on from there he saw a man called matthew sitting at the tax booth and he said to him follow me and he rose and followed him
1: jesus went to the tax office and matthew who wrote the book of matthew he he was sitting Doing his business with money. And Jesus said, follow me. And he arose and followed him. This is it. Disciple material. Disciple material. Look at Matthew 4. Let's read all the way from 18 to 22.
0: Matthew 4, 18-22. While walking by the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets, And followed him.
1: It's not that they were idle. They didn't have any business. They were just sitting down looking into the air. And Jesus came and said follow me. They were in business. They were casting their net. Into the sea. And Jesus came. Follow me. I will make you fishers of men. And immediately. They left their
0: nets. And followed him. Disciple material and going on from there he saw two other brothers James the son of Zebedee and John his brother and the boat with Zebedee their father mending their nets and he called them immediately they led the boat and their father and followed him correct disciple material
1: they were mending their nets with their father their daddy was there this one the daddy was not dead, he was very alive, there. And Jesus said, Follow me. They looked at the net, they were mending, they looked at their daddy, they got up and followed Jesus. Some Christians are not disciple material. You waste your life on them. I've been doing this work now. At least for the past 40 years, I've been in discipline. And I can tell you, some people, when they are coming, I smell them from afar. I know that this guy is not disciple material. You just come to waste my life. Sometimes, I even take them on. But in the long run, they prove that they are not worth discipling. It's just that we don't have time. We we can't live forever. So, because of that, you can't afford to waste your life on some people. So, we will not read it, but Matthew chapter 19 Mark chapter 10 Luke chapter 18 talk about a certain rich young ruler who came to jesus i i remember the luke because it's easy to remember luke
0: 18 18. that one is easy to remember and the ruler asked him good teacher what must i do to inherit eternal life this guy came to jesus and said what shall i do to inherit eternal life
1: and jesus said oh you know the lost Honor your father and mother, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill. He said, oh, from childhood, me have done all those things. Then Jesus said, one thing you lack. Go, sell everything you have. Give to the poor. Don't sow into my ministry. Today's pastor would say, come and sow it into my ministry. Jesus said, don't come and sow it into my ministry. Give it to the poor. Come, empty handed and follow me he looked left right turned and left some people are not disciple material they can be rich, they can be educated they can be popular but they are not people you should waste your life on Lord teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom John chapter 6 that one too is easy to remember John six sixty six. Jesus told them that you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. And many of his disciples left him.
0: Yes. John 6, 66. After this many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Correct.
1: And he asked the twelve, will you also go away? And they said, to whom shall we go?
0: To whom shall we go? So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Please,
1: please, my brothers and sisters, some people are not disciple material. If they did to Jesus, you, you, who are you? This chapter is after he fed the 5,000 with bread and 12 baskets were gathered. This is the time they left. Some NGOs give shirts, they give money for business, you know, some churches, they, uh, you know, say, oh, we are, uh, in order to get disciples, you fail, you fail, you fail. Your master has tried it. It didn't work. You are doing, you think it will work. The disciple is not above his master. You can't be bigger than Jesus. Some people are not disciple material. Full stop. Jesus himself gave the parable of the sower. It's in Mark. It's in Luke. Matthew 13, Mark 4, Luke 8. He said that the sower went out to sow. He used the same seed. But four different soils. One roadside. Another rocky soil. Another thorns. And another good soil. (laughs) And of the four, only one became fruitful. Meaning, three quarters of human beings are unfaithful. Three quarters of people you come to in life, even if you plant the gospel in them, in the end, they don't amount to anything. They are not fruitful disciples. Don't waste your life on them. This brings me to my second point. The second message I want to drive home is that discipleship of Jesus demands greater and greater commitment. Discipleship demands greater and greater and greater commitment. In John chapter 1, verse 38 and 39, the first disciples of Jesus met him. They were John the Baptist disciples and John the Baptist told them this is a lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So they left John and followed Jesus.
0: Yes. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, oh, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? The
1: first people to meet Jesus among all the disciples where those, John the Baptist pointed out that this this is the Lamb of God. So they left John the Baptist and followed Jesus. And Jesus saw them following and said, "What, what are you seeking? He said, Master, Rabbi. Rabbi is my teacher. Where do you live? He said to them, come and you'll see. Come, and you will see. He didn't say, follow me. He said, come, you will see. Come. Every human being is given opportunity to come and taste Jesus. Come, you will see.
0: Yes. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day. For it was about the tenth hour. It is after come and see
1: that follow me comes. That's that's verse forty three. John one forty three. This time he met Philip and said, Follow me. After follow me is the next step. That's the Matthew four nineteen. Follow me and I will make you fishes of men. That's more engaging. Then after, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men, comes Mark chapter 3 verse 14. Come and be with me. Come and be with me. Come and be with me. After, come and be with me, comes the next step. That is, take my yoke upon you. That's Matthew 11 29 give me a chair and come with the chair look at Jesus and his disciples the first time they asked him master where do you stay he said come and see they came and saw then he said follow me after they came and saw he said hey. and when he followed he said come follow me I will make you fishes of men they left everything and followed him. Then he said, "Come and be with me." Then comes the Matthew 11:29. He said, "Come, take my yoke." A yoke is a wooden uh, instrument used to plow with two cows, two donkeys, two It's put on the neck of the two animals. So try. Let's try and get into this. Put your neck here. And let me also try. You two try. Yes. Jesus said, Come, take my yoke upon you. So, they are entering a closer relationship. Then after that, Jesus said, be in me and i in you john 15. let's read verse 4 and 5. now you are with me you are yoked with me and eh? john 15 4
0: and 5. john 15 4 and 5. abide yes. in me abide in me and i in you and i in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself yes unless it abides in the vine Neither can you unless you abide in me. You, you are saying, eh, yeah.
1: that's close. It's not enough. Jesus said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. John 6 from 53. Look, to be a disciple of Jesus means greater, greater commitment. Every day, then he adds more. Tomorrow, he adds more. Come closer. Come. Come closer. Be in me. I in you. Eat my flesh. Drink my blood. Yes. Now, when I tell you that eat my flesh, drink my blood, do you think you
0: take it easy? Eh?
1: Will you? No, please.
0: Yes. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, Thank unless you. you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, And drink his blood. You have no life in you. Listen to that.
1: So. They left. Go. Take your chair. Christianity. Demands your all. If we seek to make discipleship easier for our disciples, we destroy Christianity. When you bring your Christian to the global market, the world market, they can't sell. Because discipleship involves your all. Matthew ten thirty seven and 38 says that, Anyone who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me.
0: Anyone. Yes. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. I mean, you listen to this.
1: You are like, oh no. Did Jesus really mean that? Did he really mean that? Well, let's read Luke fourteen twenty six to see whether he really meant that.
0: Luke fourteen twenty six. Luke fourteen twenty six. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Cannot means what?
1: Cannot. The meaning of cannot, you don't need the Greek, you don't need Hebrew, you don't need Aramaic, you don't even need a dictionary. The meaning of cannot is cannot. So, when you are picking a disciple, and the person cannot hate. When he says hate, it means your love for father, mother, brother, sister, wife, children, and your own life must be such that when it is put on the scale with your love for Jesus, it will be seen as hatred. Cannot means cannot. And verse 33. Some Christians try to tell us that oh Jesus really didn't mean that. Please read it and let's see whether Jesus
0: meant it. Verse 33 now. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. This time he's talking about property.
1: Property money. Cash. Cudi. British pound. Canadian and American dollar. He says, if you want to follow him, you cannot renounce all you have. You cannot be his disciple. And he explains. He says that in, in John 12, 24, 25. I like that. He says that many Christians can never bear fruit. Until they die. It's not a case. It's because they love their life so much that they cannot die to bear fruit. And because of that, why? Don't be surprised that you don't have any fruit. You can't bear fruit. It's not a case. You can never bear fruit until you die.
0: Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, It bears much fruit. Yes. Whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever,
1: whoever, whoever, whoever loves his life loses it. (laughs) That's the wisdom of Jesus. Look at Turkey. Look at Turkey. Look at Turkey. When the earthquake struck 7.8 on the Richter scale. The death toll now is getting to 45,000 people. And the wounded are over 81,000. In a minute, one minute, all the things you have gathered, piled up why you couldn't have your quiet time. For me, I'm busy, school, I want to get the first class, and this, and all the things, oh, I want to marry, oh, yes, like, a, a, a party, and, and all that all you have lived for Jesus says if you love your life you lose it if you love your life you will lose it if you love your life more than Jesus you will lose it you may not lose it today you may not lose it tomorrow but you will lose it
0: whoever loves his life loses it and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life if you give it to Jesus, you
1: keep it for eternal life. That's it. Because you see, the obedience you need to God is obedience to the point of death. If, if that's Philippians chapter two, verse eight. If you can't give God that, he he's not interested. He's not interested in ninety nine point nine 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 nine. Percent. Obedience. He's so interesting. Yes. Who ate?
0: Philippians chapter 2 verse 8. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Yes. Even death on
1: a cross. That's it. You know, when I became born again, Some of the sins just left. Masturbation. It just left. The same day I became born again. I wasn't even baptized. Then the masturbation stopped. Then, when I went on holidays, I took the rest of the money to my father, which I stole from the shop. So the stealing to stop. I didn't steal again in the shop until my father died. God is my witness. I never took a pin from my... If anything, I... My father convinced me that I should sow some money into his business. So when I was getting my loans from the university and things, I was giving him that I was sowing into his business. I never stole again from my father's shop. It also stopped. But pornography girls Come and see the wrestling. I knew Jesus was in my heart. And if I'm going to chase any girl, I pray, Jesus, don't let this girl be in the house when I go. When I go, the girl is in the house. The prayer has not been answered. And I, I, I go out with the girl. Come and see me. So at school, I'm, I was a giant Christian. Holidays, I was a fallen Christian. On my face like the God Dagon. Then I'll come back to school again. And pick myself up. This thing took about one year. I'm not joking at all. It was a wrestling match. It wasn't easy at all. And I came to the realization that either the girls must go or I must go. I remember I was admitted to the university, but I wasn't given room on the campus that time. So a lecturer gave me his boys quarters in Medina. And there was a pipe, pipe, in front of my bedroom where girls come to fetch water. One night... One of the girls who came to fetch water just entered my room with only a towel around her, her bust. Then she said, young man, do you have a girlfriend? Then I said, no, I'm a Christian. Then she said, ah, then all this university you are going is fanatic. You don't have a girlfriend. Then I said, Lord, You know me already. (laughs) If I go back, I will never come back. Because I know myself. And the way the temptation was going, you know, a girl with only towel in my room, that, that, I mean, oh. Then I said, Father, you have to help me. Immediately I finished the prayer, I slept. By midnight, the door was open, mosquitoes were coming, the girl was gone. What do you think? I told my wife that if I die before she dies, I want only one Bible verse on my tomb. First Corinthians ten thirty. That's the only Bible verse I want on my tomb. Because when you are tempted, power, oh, who my friend? The only thing which can make you get through, is a decision that I'm going to die in obedience. That's all. Even death on the cross, otherwise you can't make it, that's the road for you. I was very disappointed because I thought that if I marry, then girls will not tempt me again. It's not true. It's not true. Youth. It's not true. I'm telling you, this is my 42nd year as married. It's not true. If you cannot control your zip before marriage, you can't control it after marriage. If you are a girl and you can't be faithful to one person before marriage, you can never be faithful after marriage. That's it. That's the truth. So some of the temptations they carry on with you. So it took me about ten years to deal with impure thoughts alone. As so fornication, when I became born again and it was off. I went to the, the Legon Primary School and knelt down and said, God, the day I fornicate, kill me, kill me. So because of that, that's for that one. I didn't go there. <laughs> but in pure thoughts, it took me 10 years before the final. Look, this journey, if you are not prepared to obey God to die, you can make it. The road is too rough. You see? So, Jesus told in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, He said that, be faithful to the point of death. I will give you the crown
0: of life. Yes? Okay. And let's go on. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. That you may be tested. And for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death. And I'll give you the crown of life. So, what happens? I
1: got my heart with iron. Till today, some girls, when I see them, they are able to shake me. But I know that, you see, I can't even trust myself. So, I need to put an iron bar around my heart. To make sure that I don't misbehave. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 4 says, you have not yet fought sin to the point of shedding your blood. You haven't got there as yet. You need to wrestle against sin until you are shedding blood. And, and some of the disciples, they can't do that. They are not of that kind of material.
0: In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. You can understand why Romans 12 verse 1 says
1: present your body as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable
0: to god. i appeal to you therefore brothers by the message of god to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to god which is your spiritual worship i am sure the point is made
1: commitment to jesus <laughs> it's a growing thing when you come at first you, you, you hold your cheeks me, 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 choo, choo, choo. you pray he answers you go here you say yeah. you do this oh no problem <laughs> it's okay oh you come then as you grow he begins to tell you that this house you don't do this you see this is the bathroom washroom You don't poo-poo in your pants. Do you hear? This house, 12 o'clock, you don't weep. Do you hear? If you want to wee-wee, do you hear? Every son God receives, he whips you with a scourge. Then, you start growing. You start growing. Because you put your hand into fire, it burns you. You take a sharp knife, it cuts you. Then you say, "Ah." You see, many of us think that Oh God, why? This small boy, he doesn't know anything And he took a knife and it cut him <laughs> You don't know your, ma- your father You don't know your father You don't know your father That's how he treats every one of his children You grow That's it And Because he demands growing commitment Last year Your prayer life Must be different from this year Your prayer life Last year your Bible reading Must be different from this year Your Bible reading Last year your commitment to holiness Must be different from You must be growing closer And closer and closer to him Because the demands he is making on you For commitment Is more As you grow If he pampers you He cannot use you it's like somebody who cheated in exam and got first class and has become a doctor. Can he teach you anything? No. Let's tell the truth. Can he teach you anything? He will only teach you how to cheat. Because that's what he knows. So many of us Christians want shortcuts. So we want to come to Jesus, but oh no. For me, I don't want to be that colloquial kind of Christian who, me, I want to be 21st century Christian. You know. So, hello oh daddy, uh, you know, Jesus is falling down the floor in Gethsemane praying, you are hello daddy, you know, Jesus, uh, that, that's not too nice, uh, uh, actually I feel that you should have, uh, you know, one guy told us that God should put tires on the way to heaven, it's too ragged, That brings me to my final point on the discipling methods we are using. In this day and age, it is very difficult and it is getting increasingly more difficult To know your disciples. To to get close to them enough to know them. Unfortunately for us, life is becoming faster and faster and faster and faster. So, you can be discipling somebody, but you really don't know the person. Now it has advantages and disadvantages. The advantage is that if you don't know the person, you cannot tell the person the truth. If you don't know the person, many of your sermons to that person are over the bar. Because you don't know the person. The person has just fornicated and come to lead worship. So what you do is, oh Lord. That was a blessed moment. What what a voice. What a voice. Oh, Charlie, that sister. Oh. oh. But she just got up from a, 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 a fornication. One brother actually told us that when we were, you know, we had one sister. Some sisters were leading worship. And when they are leading worship. It's like God is coming down. We are kneeling down, weeping. Oh, Jehovah, Adonai, El Shaddai, oh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shammah. Who can Oh, oh hey, ah. And when he got converted, he told us that they used to come to stand outside the chapel to say, "Finish that thing quickly and come and let's have sex." They were sleeping with our worship leader. We were in church. They were leading worship powerfully. But that's it. We need to take time to know our disciples. And let them to know us. Some people, when you are discipling, the people don't tell you the truth. Why? You are also not telling them the truth. Open your life up to them. Open your life up to them. Let them see all your faults, mistakes, stupidities, sins. Let them see it. Then they too will open up. But you are in suit. And you keep yourself. And they say, so, oh, for me, I always have my quiet time. For me, I always pray. For me, you don't know. So the person told you, have you had your quiet time? Yes. Have you prayed? Yes. Have you? The day you tell them, I'm really struggling with my quiet time. Last time I, cried, I couldn't have a quiet time. I say, I! They say, ah, you too. <laughs> then they will tell you the real problem they are having with their daily quiet time. We need to spend time like Jesus did with his disciples. Look, these days, because of digital, Eh? you can disciple somebody in America. Then Jesus could have been in heaven, and then disciple people on earth. Why did he come? In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The disciples prayed because Jesus prayed. The disciples memorized Bible verses. Because when Jesus got up to talk, he said, ah, this guy, where did he learn the letters? The disciples learned to be holy. Because when they saw Jesus, they said, hey, this guy. The disciples learned agency. Because when they saw Jesus pray, they said, ah, master, teach us how to pray. The disciples lent faith for miracles. Because they saw their master on the sea. They saw him multiplying loaves. They saw the master. And so they were like, Eish, Master. Many, many, many people we claim are our disciples. When you bring them to the well market, they cannot stand. Allow me to close. We need to go back to Jesus and the way he made disciples. Let's press our disciples and ask ourselves, would Jesus choose such a person? Until we are sure. After that, we can go ahead and ask for commitment. More commitment. More commitment. If they cannot give us that, leave them. And pastoral people will tell me, oh, you know, actually, let's pray for them. I agree. I agree. I pray for them. But they, are, I won't include them in, in the 12. They can be in the day reserve team. God bless you in Jesus' name.
0: Follow JFK Mensa Ministries on Facebook and YouTube And invite others to listen to his podcast You can also access some of JFK Mensa's books And keep up with his ministry At www.jfkmensaministries.org God bless you